Thanks for joining us for this edition of Forward Church Online. Today's podcast was recently recorded at one of our live worship experiences. We hope you enjoy today's message. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Amen. Somebody say, can't keep running away. Can't keep running away. This is part two of this series that we're in, and we are, we are in a, a book study. Uh, this is how we do Bible study on Wednesday nights, and this is a book study uh, through the book of Jonah. Turn to your neighbor real quick and ask him, say, or don't ask him, just tell him, say, if you're running, stop. Now turn to your other neighbor and tell him, like, just look him right in the eye. Some of y'all, some of y'all didn't even look at the other person. Y'all didn't even want to hear. It's like, if you're running, stop. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said it last week. We all got a little Jonah in us. All of us got a little Jonah. Not Jonah's brother, but Jonah. Jonah, Jonah. Well, if you brought your Bibles tonight, let's go ahead and dive into the uh, first chapter. Uh, we got real far last week, didn't we? I think we got through like verse 1 and 2. We're going to be here a while. Christmas will be here before you know it. I'm just kidding. Jonah chapter 1. And uh, we're going to go ahead and kick off. And we're going to try to get through the first whole chapter tonight. How about, how about that? Is that not? How about that? How about that? Cash me outside. How about that? <laughs> See, I knew I'd get your attention. Y'all was looking down and y'all looked up. It's like, I know what he's saying. Okay. We'll edit that out. Some people might take offense to that on podcast land. We don't know. All right. Here we go. How many knows it's okay to have fun in church? If y'all looking for a religious experience, you're in the wrong house, okay? I just break every traditional rule there is. Here we go. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, and said, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. Now, stop right there and it says... Preach against it. It did not say go and rally up all the people and tell them what a great job they're doing. Hey, y'all are doing a, a fabulous job. Everything you're doing, God approves of. No, no, no. That's not what he said. The word of the Lord says go to Nineveh and preach what? Against it. Why? Because its wickedness has come before me. I just had an interesting, interesting thought. It's hard for my tongue in, in this meant to move in my mouth at the same time, but we're going to get through it. It's interesting to think about how our wickedness or our, as I like to say, jacked upness, if it ever reaches heaven and he sends a pastor or someone to come before us to preach against it. How many have ever had thought about that? You ever thought about that? I didn't until just then. I wonder if my wickedness, my jacked upness, my, my inconsistencies, if it ever reaches heaven and he looks down and goes, I'm going to have to send somebody to knock that boy upside the head. Now... If he speaks to you and you're the servant, Scott, and you're the one that he tells to come knock me upside the head, give me warning, okay? If I see you coming and you got that smile like, well, you don't know what's going to happen, right? I'm out of here, okay? Anyway. So, preach against it because its wickedness has come before me. Verse 3, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. I thought that was so funny. I, I actually, as I was rereading this and preparing... This part, I actually laughed out loud in my, in my, in my, in my uh, dining room because it said he ran away from the Lord. Even if there was never a story about Jonah, a, a, a big fish in a boat and some waves, even if, even if there was never anything documented about it, 
That's the most hilarious thing I've ever heard in my life. I'm going to run away from the Lord. I mean, he's the creator. Of the, I'm going to run and hide. Like, how does that happen? Yet there are Christians that do that, Christians and non-Christians, people that God is constantly chasing after to prick their heart and conviction, not condemn them, but conviction. They're constantly running away like they're going to hide in a hole and he's not going to see them. Be real, real quiet. He may not know we're here. You know what I'm saying? I, I just thought that was, I literally laughed out loud. I, even though I knew that's what he was doing, he was running, but it said he was running to hide from him. One of the first things that we, that we discovered last week was God doesn't necessarily tell us to do things uh, that we like. Have you, ever, have you ever had God tell you to do something and you're like, mm, I'm going to need to pray about that, God? <laughs> you ever had one of those moments? Oh, y'all don't question him. Y'all just, whatever it is, yes, yes, Rabbi, yes. No, I'm just telling you, there, there's, there's moments that, that he has just said, hey, I, I, I need you to go do that. I need you to go do that. So God told Jonah to go to Nineveh. But my question is this, why did Jonah bolt so fast? Like, why does, was he on the next ship out of town? I don't believe that it was necessarily the message that he was having to preach or to go, because you've got to remember, Jonah was a prophet. He, he's very comfortable at, 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 at these type environments and getting up and preaching the word and those type things. I don't think it was the message of even having to say, hey, what you're doing is wrong. I don't think it was that. I think it had everything to do with the audience that he, he was having to go before. It had nothing to do with the message. It was the audience. Everybody say audience. And what are you saying? Well, we, we talked about this last week that Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. And Assyria was known as a barbaric community. They were, they were some rough dudes, okay? Like, like they were cutting off, they were going to cities and totally ravaged, destroyed, tortured, kill the whole city. They would cut off the, the guy's heads and stack them up as pyramids outside the city so that anybody that walked in would know the Assyrians had been here. Or they would just kill you, bury you, and leave your head stuck out of the sand so they could just, they, again, they can see that they were there. They were just some really bad people. And that's who, that's who God was expecting Jonah to go and say, hey guys, what y'all were doing, God's not in approve of. And then, and then hope they didn't get him, right? That's why he, that's why Jonah split and took off. And, you know, not much has changed. I don't know if you know this, but Assyria is actually modern-day Iraq. So, see, not much has actually changed. And when Jonah gets his, his instructions, his attitude was, oh, God, mm, if I can get around to it, I don't really feel like it today. No, that wasn't his, that wasn't his uh, motivation behind the bolting. No, it had everything to do with, if I do this, if I do this, I'm going to die. Not maybe, I'm probably going to die. Has God ever asked you to do something that you, you had that thought? Like, God, if I do that, God, if I go up and lead worship in front of Forward Church today, they just might kill me. Have you ever had that thought? Come on down, we're going to pray for you right now. You had that thought? You want to kill somebody? Okay. Are you all okay tonight? Am I, am I too fired up? This is like the first Wednesday night in two weeks that I've actually felt good and I haven't been sick. So I'm, I'm actually enjoying um, diving into the Word. Are you all cool with the way I'm delivering tonight? Okay. No, no, it was more like, man, if I do this, I, I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to die. Let me say this. In 2017, as we pursue Christ and make ourselves available, can you say that word with me? Say available. As we make ourselves available to him and we become a better church, God is going to tell us to do some things that we may not like. Oh, me. He just made, as we make ourselves available, that means we're, we're available to whatever he wants. 
how he wants it done and how he wants it said. Even Jesus understood that when he told his disciples, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Hey, boys, can you come just just pray with me for an hour? They fell asleep. He said, I get it. I get it. I get it. The spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. Listen, when the word of the Lord comes, it may not be the way you like it. It may not be the way you want it. But trust me, it's going to be better than you ever expected. The results will be better than you ever expected. See, we try to work it out when, when God tells us to do something. It's like we already see the end result. Like we, we think we know how it's going to be played out. Let me tell you something. When God does it, it's always better. How do we know? Because his word says his ways are what? Higher. His thoughts are higher. We try to wrap our pea brains around and go, well, God, it might not. No, no, no. If he said it, trust him. He'll, he, he will give you the steps, and the end result will always be better than you ever imagined. How many believe that tonight? All right, let's get back to the Bible study, because if I wrap up right there, we will never get past these verses, and we got quite a few to go. All right, verse 3. Let's kick it off again. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went, up, he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went abroad and sailed for, everybody say for, for Tarshish to flee the Lord. Stop. If you're taking notes, write this down. There will always be a boat headed in the wrong direction or headed in the opposite direction from where you're going. Anytime, I'm telling you, every time, God gives you a directive of something to do, there will always be a boat. It may not be on water. It may be, for men, it may be a lady with, that would have came out wrong. (laughs) It may be another ship, okay? Let me just put it that way, okay? Aren't y'all glad I have the Holy Spirit to go, "Uh uh-uh, don't say it like that. Anytime God gives you directive, there will always be an alternative going in the opposite direction. The reason I had you say the word for Tarshish It didn't say that he went to Tarshish. It said he went for. That means there was a divine interruption. He didn't go to there. He was headed for Tarshish. Have you ever had a headed for moment? Have you ever had a moment where you you like, no, God, I think I'm going to do this. And four shows up. What's four look like? It looks like everything other than how you thought it was going to be. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he was headed for. It was called a divine interruption. Every time, every time God speaks and gives us direction, there'll always be something, a mirage. Is that what it's called when you're on the, on, in a desert? It looks, you think you see something? That's, that's really what it is. Now, it, it may, in fact, be a road, but it's not going to be as smooth as how the enemy's painting it for you that you think it's going to be. And it's, why are you saying it like that? I just want to be practical tonight. We could talk about six steps to being a better you, but you need to know that when God speaks to you, there is always going to be another boat headed in the wrong direction. What's crazy about it is this. God calls Jonah to go to Nineveh, which is about 500 miles from where he's at. Just 500 miles. He could be there in a few days. Now, if in modern day in car, we could be there in one day, a few hours. But the way he was rolling... Uh, it would have been 500 miles. But Jonah instead, everybody say instead. This is where that four moment shows up. Instead, Jonah decides to run away to Tarshish, which is uh, 2,500 miles in the opposite 
direction. Have you ever considered how sometimes it takes more effort in disobeying God than it does to simply actually obey God? I mean, some of y'all and us, me included, we get, we, we've gotten real creative with how we uh, delay obedience. Y'all remember what I told you about delayed obedience? Delayed obedience is still disobedience. But we we gotten real creative. For some, I mean, it's exhausting. If you look at people, they exhaust every ounce of energy they have in being disobedient to God. I mean, they get real creative. Stuff like fake Instagram accounts. Multiple cell phones. Y'all tracking me? I need to be more direct. I mean, they, they put so much effort into their sin, so much effort into to displaying an image of, of how they want people to think they are, but they got a whole new thing going on behind the closed doors, skeletons in the closet. Some people got like skeletons all lined up back there. If you open the door, they'd all fall out. You ever open the door and, and somebody, all their skeletons came out? Maybe I shouldn't have had you lift your hand because then you'd be like, uh, it's true, it's true, it's true. The effort we go to to rebel is amazing. But Jonah, I mean, 500 miles is all God wanted him to go. 500 miles. But remember why he ran. It wasn't to do with the message of what he had to share. had everything to do with the people on the receiving end. Listen, God will speak clearly what he wants us to do. Have you ever asked him, God, what do you want me to do today? Sure, you've got your agenda. You've got all the things you've got to do at work and the to-do list. But have you ever, in the midst of all that, have you ever said, God... I have responsibilities, but show me how you can, ways you can use me today. Whether I'm a cashier and people are rolling down. You see so many people, you, ha- you probably come into more, in contact with more people than probably all of us in the room put together. For real. And the opportunity without, without, without je- I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but without jeopardizing your job, and I'm speaking for all of us, without jeopardizing your job, how can you be, how can you be an impact to the people around you? But, but you got to start back and say, God, show me how you want to use me to impact the lives of people. I want to challenge you to start doing that. To start asking God. And he'll speak clearly. For many of you in the room, you know exactly what God wants you to do in 2017. You know exactly the things he's, he's, he's asked you, been tugging on your heart to do. For some, it's probably the same thing he asked you to do in 2016. And maybe you're in the middle of your four moment. Wow, it's mighty quiet in here tonight. I don't know if I'm just, if I'm talking way too fast and you're trying to hit the slow down button or if I'm preaching like right, in, right, at, right between the eyes. I don't know because it, it, it was hitting me today. It was hitting me today. God is still waiting on us to obey him. If, I'm, if I was disobedient in Aries in 2016, guess what? His plan has not changed. It's still going to show up at my doorstep every day that I show up in 2017. Those, that, that same agenda, that same, that same game plan for my life is the same one he has for your life. So I'm just going, God, I want, let, let, me, let me do this. This is what you're wanting me to, let me get that, let me get that out of the way. Let me, let me do this. But it never fails. <laughs> it never fails when God speaks out of nowhere comes another option. Example, you're going into a fast. Y'all know we just finished a fast. You're going into a fast, and day number one, some lovely person in your church brings you Krispy Kreme donuts. It's another boat. 
Or, or maybe, you're, maybe you say, you know what? I want to become more healthy. I want to quit smoking. And you, go, you leave church and you, and you go to the grocery store. You go to, the, go to the, uh, the convenience store and those things are on sale. There's another option. Another road. Everybody say another boat. Absolutely. Absolutely. God, give me patience. And there's a traffic jam in Chiefland. Oh, my gosh. Especially during the holidays. There's only like two roads through Florida that people travel to go from Georgia to the tip of the bottom side of Florida. And one of them is that, one of the roads is that road right out there. Jesus, help us. We need a bypass for us so when all the travelers come through, they're rolling and we can still do our thing. Amen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time God speaks, there's an appearance of more options. But I'm here tonight to tell you that there is no options. Jesus is the only way. Matter of fact, the word says, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. There ain't no other way but Jesus' way. Everybody say Jesus' way. It's important that we understand this. The enemy knows, listen, the enemy knows that as we get on mission, his grace will be sufficient. Somebody say, well, break that down. I don't understand. If I'm not on mission, his grace for me is not sufficient because I'm all out of whack. We're real good. His grace is sufficient. But if you got areas that are out of whack, if you're not on mission, I'm not saying life ain't going to be ups and downs like a roller coaster ride. I'm saying if you're not on mission, his grace isn't sufficient. He covers us when we are on his mission, not our own mission. I'm on his mission. Tonight I showed up to be on his mission. There's only one way. So the enemy is going to do whatever he can by all means necessary to get you to jump on the wrong boat. I'm not going to go back into the story about us moving down here, but as I read this, and and we're going to cover this in the next few weeks, my life and Jonah's life, now I didn't get swallowed by a big whale, but everybody's got a whale. Everybody has seen a whale. I'm not talking about the kind that floats in the ocean. I'm talking about you've been put in a position where you were, if it wasn't for the grace of God, you would have still been in there. Oh, you'd have come out on the other side. <laughs> we'll leave that right there. I thought that was funny, and it's okay. Listen, if the enemy can distract you, why does he look for other boats? If the enemy can distract you and get you running, he can exhaust you and bring you to the point where you eventually give up and quit. That's why he put you on the other boat. Remember what I said? We so exhaust ourselves in trying to do the opposite of what God wants us to do. Some of y'all are in the midst of your 2,500 mile journey away from where God has called you when all he wanted you to do was take five steps across across your yard to your neighbor's yard. Hello, somebody. Maybe I know I'm talking to more people than just me. Because I got a neighbor... Brother won't even wave at me if we're, if we're, he's on one side of the street and I'm on the other and I'm on my riding lawnmower, he's on his. And if we're rolling, I'll, he will look down and will not even look my way. And, And I'm trying to find a way to find a door to get in and show him Jesus because I know he needs it. I'm not saying he's got sin issues. I'm just saying there's a wall up and I, There's a situation that I am aware of, I'm privy to, to know 
a situation he has just gone through, and I'm looking for a way at the right time because God's timing is everything because I don't want to go to his door and get this. <laughs> Mm-mm. I want to know, again, remember what I said about the harvest? It's not the quality of the seed. It's the quality of, the, of, the, of the, what's been happening on the ground. I'm waiting for, I'm waiting for him to, God to do a little work so I can plant a seed. I don't know what's going to become of it. But God wants to use us. He wants to use us. So I was thinking, what, what, what keeps me now from getting on the wrong boat? And I'm going to, 10, 15 minutes, we'll be done. And I was thinking about it. What keeps me from getting on the wrong boat? I'm not saying I've never been on the wrong boat. I've never, I'm not saying by any means that I've never made the opposite choice. Matter of fact, I've went 5,000 miles. How far is it from Georgia to here? <laughs> I, 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 I have done that. I know all about that journey. I've had my four experience. I have been in my whale. <laughs> I have. But I want to give you three things tonight that is helping me now. Everybody say now. It's a process. Helping me now to keep me from getting on the wrong boat. The first one is this. You can write this down. There, there's nothing on the screen tonight. This is homework. Everybody say homework. Say Bible study. This is how we do it right here. The commitment that I have made, what keeps me from getting on the wrong boat and considering other options is my, the commitment that I've made to be intimate with God. Now, if you were here on the last series, you know we talked about how to become a better church is having intimacy with God. And what does that mean? It means into me, see, see into me, intimacy. See, we think sexually. No, no, no. That's the most, that's, that is the most intimate moment but it's where you see into me intimacy it's where he gets to know the real me and I get to know the real God not the pastor or whoever's speaking how his description of who God is but who God is to me his character to me his love for me what he says about me that's intimacy say intimacy so what's the first thing that's going to get us f- together from jumping on into other options is intimacy. Because let me tell you something, and I may not get through all of tonight because I, I just feel I'm seeing where he's saying jump off the bypass. And this is one of those exits I'm taking right here. The enemy will always, we just said this, will always provide another option. He'll even dress it up with scripture to make it sound like you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and God is ordaining it. Hello? Just because God has given you an opportunity to, to do something at another church or, or do something, doesn't, the enemy will give you all the opportunities that you want. It's not you doing it that makes the difference. It's the anointing of God on your life that makes the difference. So the enemy will always... People, people, people I'm, I'm applying for this job and, and, and it doesn't happen and... and, and, and I'm, I, I'm working this out in my own life, and I'm going, you know what? I don't even sweat it. I used to sweat that stuff. When I was in corporate America, and I had been at this company for like over 10 years, and I wanted to be the, a, a manager of this department, and I mean, I had done the most time, and they hired somebody from outside. I'm like, God, I mean, I lost my mind. I had a huge grudge against this dude. Like, for real, let me catch him out back. Oh, I know why you got the job, because you went to church with so-and-so. I can't say it because the podcast. But... It's true, but now as I got a whole new outlook. You know what I say? That just means God has something better for me. I know that's what we traditionally say as church people. I don't mean it that way. I really believe 
Because his word says that he's working all things out for my good. That doesn't mean some things. He's working it all out. As long as I'm on mission, his grace is sufficient. As long as I'm on the, his mission, doing his agenda, he's going to look out for me and take care of all that stuff. Single people. He'll take care of, of who, who you're supposed to marry. We try to help God a little bit. I'll leave that right there. We do. We do. It, intimacy is me getting open with who I actually am. Not the picture of who I am that I portray to y'all, but who he knows that I am when I go to bed at night and my dog wakes me up at 3 o'clock in the morning because he's got to go potty. It's not Pastor Bradley anymore. <laughs> Mm-mm, mm-mm. Amy will tell you, if she was here tonight, she'd be like, amen, church. It's true. It's, it's, God, it's intimacy, intimacy with God. It's me revealing to him exactly who I am and him revealing to me exactly who he is to me. It's me getting to a place where I have no masks and I'm saying, God changed me. God transformed my life. One thing to ask if you're constantly feel like you're in the middle of a storm or you're constantly on the wrong boat, what you need to ask yourself is, what does my intimacy with God look like? Some of y'all, some of y'all have showed up in the same spot and been like, God, I, why am I here? Anybody ever been there? Y'all can raise your hand. I'm not talking about relationships. I'm talking about just life in general. God, I didn't want to be here. I thought I'd be somewhere else by now. How's your intimacy with God? Has everything to do. Because when you're intimate with God, you'll be on his mission. And when you're on his mission, his grace is sufficient. See, if you get that out of balance, you know why you're over here? Because you weren't on his mission, you were on your agenda. Now you're tied up in some, somebody else's bed. Now, now, now you're in the wrong job. You know why you, you, you have to struggle? Because you, you was trying to make things happen. His grace is sufficient when you're doing it his way, his mission. Everybody say his mission. Number two, second thing that kept, has kept me is Bible application. What's that? It's more than just coming in and reading. It's applying. Everybody say apply. That means put it to work for you. Make God's word work for you. Dave Ramsey talks about make your money work for you. Y'all know who Dave Ramsey is? Oh, my wife tries to put me on Uncle Dave's budgeting concepts. I like Bradley's budgeting concepts. But, but he says, make your money work for you. Make this word work for you. If you'll get on mission, you don't have to make it work. It just works. It just works. So, so it's not just reading the Bible. It's applying it to your life. That's why sometimes we do series and sometimes of sermon series, or sometimes we just stop and just look at a book and go, how does this apply to me? Like the whole time I'm telling stories about it, how it's working for me because that's all I can do. I don't want to tell you about somebody else that I don't know, if it, don't even really know if it's working for them. I can say it's working for me. The whole time I'm doing that, you should be going, man, that, that, that's me. Like that's work. I can see how that would work for me. And then go do it. Listen, James 1.22 says, don't do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. So when it says, 
don't deceive yourselves, that's a pretty good indication that what can happen? I can be deceived. I can be deceived. Well, who's the deceiver? The enemy. Remember how I told you he'll dress stuff up with scripture? Oh, the devil knows the word too. He's not impressed. (laughs) He's not impressed. He knows the word. But God's word is not just a narrative, but it's something that changes me and it transforms my actions. When I get into his, when I become intimate with God, and then when I start applying his word to my life, it transforms my actions. I can always tell when I haven't been in the word or if I haven't been in the presence of God putting on worship music. If I would put a worship music on before I went to bed at night and Dexter decides to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, I'd probably be like, honey, you just sleep right there. I'm going to go take care of Dexter. Hey, boy, what's happening? It's 3 o'clock in the morning. I love you so much. Let's go outside and go potty. But that's not what happens. You know why? Because I'm not listening to worship music before I go to bed. I got that, God. I, I, I know. It's like y'all weren't even in the room. He just whispered it to my ear, and I had to blurt it out. See how I just exposed how I got a spanking just like that. Now, that don't mean I'm going to go home and put Amazing Grace on before I go to bed tonight. Man, y'all tough tonight. Y'all just like, you said 10 minutes. We're counting the clock, buddy. Would you stop talking? <laughs> Number three, what, what, what has kept me from going on alternate boats? A community of believers or the church. Community of believers. It's true. I share little increments with you through small windows of transparency. But there are mo- you know what has ca- caused me to stay here for four years? When I wanted to be Jonah, even though I showed up where he told me to show up, I kid you not, and Amy would tell you the truth. You know what has kept me? You. That's the God-honest truth. That's not me trying to be, oh, pastor, that's so sweet. No, that's true. Sundays when I don't want to, but I get to, what makes it all better is watching these kids just and, and the only way, the, the way they know how to express and the way you know how to express your word, that you know what keeps me? Watching you worship. Seeing the difference that surrender does for other people. That's what keeps me. So when we say, man, don't, it has nothing to do with if you're not here, oh, we, we got an open seat. That's not, that's not it. It's, I need you and I hope you need me. We need each other. Amen. We need each other. In closing, Jonah hooked up with the wrong crew. Jonah hooked up with the wrong crew. Who did he hook up with? A ship crew. Not a forward church crew. Not his family. Not his friends. Not people who knew he had a calling on his life. He started hanging out with people that didn't know nothing about him. Open up your hearts just for a few more, more, few more minutes, okay? What happens to us in life is we're not intentional with who we're spending the most time with. I mean, that would have been a long... Had Jonah made it to Tarshish? I mean, yeah. That would have been a long trip of hanging out with the ship crew. 2,500 miles in a boat. They didn't have engines like the Titanic. 
Maybe that was a bad, bad illustration because that didn't get too far. But that would have been a long time. See, we're not intentional with the relationships that we're creating. You need to be intentional with who you allow in your circle. Okay? Because some people will just allow you on their ship. And I've learned that if you don't know where you're going, people will take you where they're headed. (laughs) If you don't know where you're going, the people you're hanging out with, they pick up on it just like that. I got one more... One more in my one more in my camp. They'll they'll take you where they're headed if you don't know where you're going. You gotta be intentional. If you're intentional about what you're doing, being on his mission, there is no way the enemy can distract you. He will try, but he will not succeed if you're on mission. Why? Because God's grace is sufficient to get you through whatever you're going through and every decision that you, you're gonna you're gonna face. When we just show up in people's lives, they'll take us wherever they're headed. If we just show up like Jonah did, I just showed up. I'm, here's my here's my here's my here's my ticket money. Wherever y'all going, I'm going with y'all. When you do that, when you jump on somebody else's boat, you're just you're going wherever you're now subject to whatever they got going on in their life. I'm not going to get as far as I wanted to tonight because this, 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 man, I... I'll break it down. Can I have five more minutes? This is important. I got to get, got to get this in. Got to get this in. Because actually next week we got a, we got a, a visiting presentation and I won't be able to do this next week. So we're going to pick Jonah back up, but I want to end this one tonight. So you know that there was a storm. Okay, we're not going to go through all this. You can read the rest of the chapter. Let me say this. God may use a storm to wake you up. Okay? Because Jonah went to the bottom of the ship and went to sleep. God will use a storm not only to wake you up physically, but to wake you up spiritually. Somebody say, what do you mean? I'm I'm, going to show you. Because all the crew went down, found Jonah... There's a lot of conversation that went on, but it all came out that the reason for the storm is Jonah. You know why? Because Jonah said so. Check out verse 9. He answered, because the people were saying, where are you from? What do you do? Oh, you a preacher. Oh, you worship the creator. You're a prophet. He answered and said, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord. The God of heaven who made the sea and the land. Now, this is somebody who made the choice to go 2,500 miles in the opposite direction. Remember what I said? The storm woke him up physically. There might have been some going on. I don't know. But he woke up spiritually. Why? Because he, it, it, just moments earlier, he didn't care what was going on. He was out of there. I don't care what God said. I know I'm the prophet, but I'm not going to die for it. Then he says, I'm a Hebrew. I worship the I worship the Lord. The God of heaven who made the sea and the land. Hey, that's me. He was he was awakened because of the storm, but yet we Pastor, I need you to pray for me. I'm going through a storm. We rebuke the storm in Jesus' name. No, 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 no. God sent that storm to wake him up. The storm we may be some some we always like to blame stuff on the devil. Some of the storms and stuff we go through in life. 
may not necessarily be from the devil. There are moments, yes. Then there are storms that I cause. But then there are storms that he sends to wake me up spiritually. I don't know. But I think there's a lot of Christians sitting in churches. I can call out one city because I live in it. Chiefland. Where he needs to send a storm to wake up some Christians. Too worried about erecting a new building so people can be raised up and die in it just so a pastor can have another trophy on his retirement desk hello that stuff just yeah gotta wake up I don't understand why I'm going through this storm get on mission on mission if it wasn't for the storm Jonah would have kept sleeping We know that Jonah then said, throw me overboard. Throw me overboard. I wondered why. I wondered why why it was even necessary for him to be thrown overboard. The fish get him and all that stuff. We are going to get there. Why? why? He he just acknowledged, hey, I'm, I'm the reason. Hey, guys, I'm the reason. It's my fault. I'm wrong. Man, I'm a Hebrew. I'm a worshiper of the Lord. It's me. But throw me overboard. And I I, I stopped in, in the middle and I said, God, why did he have to do that? Y'all remember in math class when you do long division? I know for some of us it was a long, I don't really remember either. But there's one thing I do remember. And it was this. The teacher would make you show your work. Why? Because that was an indication that you knew how you came up with your answer. You didn't look at the back of the book when the answers were upside down. Yes, I, I was, I did that. You look back in the back room and see Bradley, he was either reading upside down or something because my book was like that. I was looking for the answers. That's why Jonah had to be thrown overboard. That's called showing your work. Oh, he got it. He's got the answer. But the teacher needed an indication that you understood how you came up with that answer. So instead of praying the storm goes away, Instead of saying, Uncle, I give. Maybe he's asking you to show your work. Maybe he's asking me to show my work so that I know how I came up with the answer. Remember what I said. It's more than just hearing the word. It's applying it to my life. And when I apply it, I will always come up with the answer. Will you stand all over this room tonight? This story is a clear picture of salvation. Salvation is not just choosing Jesus, but saying, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. The square root of my problem is me. I'm the reason. I'm the reason. So, I don't know what you're running from tonight. I don't know what you've been running from. I don't know when I say running from. I don't know what God's asked you to do. It could be to forgive someone in your family that has tremendously hurt you. It could be something from your past or hurt from your past that you can't let go of. It's not even anything in your future, but the only, I mean, in your present, but the only reason it's here is through memories. And you can't let that go. And he's not asking you, hey, do you mind letting that go? No, no, no. He's saying, let that go. And you won't. 
That's the storm you're creating. Maybe, maybe, maybe he's trying to get you to serve in the church. Maybe he's trying to get you to just invite somebody to church. Maybe he's trying to get you to get off your lawnmower, wave the guy down and say, Hey man, I don't know what it is you got going on, but Jesus loves you. Maybe he's wanting you to take him up on tithing. Let me say that. Let me say this. I don't like to talk about money in church because people tune you out and go, oh, the church just needs my money. No, the church don't need your money, but you sure need to give it. I don't like talking about money in church. It wasn't even my intention, but I just threw it out there because people are like, I, let me, hear my heart, hear my heart. Amy always says, you tell them two, five, ten minutes and you keep going. This is for you. This is for you and I'm done. Some people haven't tested God. Does does the church need the money? No. Hear me. But you sure need to give it. Because the Bible says when you rob him of tithes and offering, I'm talking to me. He says you're cursed. You You can pray. You can get on mission. His grace will be sufficient. But you can't get away from a curse. Are you hearing me? So you can do all the shouting. You can't take a curse off. The only way you can do it is reverse it. Reverse it. I I didn't mean to get off on that. I I just, the reason I I feel so passionate about it is because I want to see your wallet expand. Not for the benefit of a ministry, but for your family. How do you do it? You reverse the curse. Testing. That's all I'm going to say. God, I don't, because I want you to know my heart. That ain't it, okay? I just want to see people's lives changed upside down. Father, I thank you for this night. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of Forward Church Online. At Forward, we believe that God speaks to each one of us individually, directing our lives and giving us focus. It is our desire that you would experience Christ and pursue His purpose for your life. One of the easiest ways to draw close to God is by connecting with the local church. Get started today by visiting myforwardchurch.org to find out all the ways that you can give, serve, and grow.